Welcome to Space Bras, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is my number one partner in crime, secret agent extraordinaire, FBI goddess, and the fox to my Dana, the scully to my Mulder, Mary Johnson! What up, girl? Hi! I did, I do remember at the height of my X-Files obsession in high school, I was like, I could join the FBI. <laughs> I I literally, when my sister decided to be a psychiatrist, I was like, you could join the FBI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think I really want to join the FBI now, but... No, Meg- Megan doesn't want to join the FBI either. I'm just telling you both that, uh, you know, she could join the FBI. <laughs> she could join the FBI. What? You think that they don't need UX designers in the FBI? They probably don't. They, oh, they, well... They should. Uh, They should have UX designers, but they do not. Um, Everyone could benefit from good UX designers, is what I'm saying, guys. All right? Yeah. You know what's fun about going back and viewing things that were very meaningful to you when you were a child? (laughs) What's fun about it, Mary? Um, Are you horrified by them? You realize that the past was an even weirder place, and that makes you, it gives you an interesting perspective. On how yeah. far we've come and yet how not far we've come. All at once. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like we learn, we can recognize it in hindsight, but then when presented with it in present day, we wonder to ourselves, what are we doing? What we're doing is what we're doing the same thing that we've been doing this whole time, which is not actually getting better as a society. Well, I, I would I would like to inject in here just a little bit of positivity with Martin Luther King's The Arc of Human History points towards justice. So we're getting better. We're just getting better so slowly. Well, the arc is it's sort of like a swinging pendulum. Yeah. <laughs> and right now it's Two literally... Two one step back. Right. Yeah. And right now it's literally the pit and the pendulum, and we are in the pit, and the pendulum is yeah. swinging wildly with a blade above us, and it seems yeah. really bad, but, you know... Yeah. Um, it's been worse. It's been worse. <laughs> um, but what's funny, what's also funny about looking back on things when you're a child and realizing that they were not as not as woke as they really should have been is yeah. you still you still understand sometimes if it is a, a good piece of of art, you still understand what drew you to it initially and what made you love it. And you might even still love it now, even though you recognize that it is not um ideologically sound yeah and i think that we're not coining the phrase uh and some of you may know it but if you don't uh what we're talking about are problematic faves the kind of media and or characters where they are definitely not free from reproach so we thought we'd dive right into this concept by uh bringing you two back-to-back episodes with two of our problematic faves yep that of X-Files, and then next time, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But these particular episodes definitely stand out as episodes that could have done better. Well, at the very least, I think like a problematic fave in and of itself, the thing is that you recognize it's problematic, but you also recognize that it's still something that you love. And I think we are gathered here today to be jury, judge, and potentially executioner of our fa- some of our problematic faves. So yeah. I'm, in- I'm interested to get into it. So the episode we watched... You know, there are more, there are a lot of episodes of the X-Files that we could have done um, here. Yeah, it's not like there's, yeah. No, this one stands out because I totally understand why I like it and liked it, and especially why I liked it at the time. It's an unusual, yeah. it's an unusual episode. So 
It um, is. It I, stands out in the whole oeuvre of the X-Files universe. Yes, it's it's an odd yeah. duck even in and of itself. First impressions? Hey, Dana Scully, mega babe. Fox yeah. Mulder, mega babe. Super smart, great duo. Love them both in black and white. So you're like... Hey, is that Cher? Great. So this is. Uh, I would like to let. I would like to let everybody know at the very top of this episode that this is a Chris Carter written, Chris Carter directed episode of The X Files. So this has. This is the showrunner coming out to strut his stuff. So that's something to keep in mind when you when you hear that this plot is review. Is something to keep in mind. Something to keep in mind. So uh, Mulder and Scully uh, travel to a small Indiana town where a criminal described as a monster has been drugging women, one assumes raping them, and impregnating them. Uh, Mulder and Scully uh, pursue a double-faced monster, uh, the Great Mutato, meet a mad scientist, Dr. Polidori, and generally tick off townspeople by doubting their accounts of these crimes. In the end, it turns out that Dr. Polidori created Mutato, but it was the doctor's dad who loved Mutato that has, that's also a brilliant animal husbandry excerpt who's actually been forcibly impregnating these women with the hopes of creating a half-human, half-animal mate for Mutato. Oof! This man is now dead. (laughs) Dr. Polidori is arrested and Mulner, Scully, and the entire town escort Mugato to a share concert. No, seriously. That is what this episode (laughs) is about in totality. Usually I try to cut down exactly what I tell you about the episode, but I felt like this one, this particular bit of insanity needed a full plot overview (laughs) to understand what's going on. I agree. So in this uh, in this court of space bras law, uh, we are going to start with uh, the prosecution first. What is wrong with this episode? Oh man! Because you gave such a great plot overview, I would like to uh, start not at the beginning, but at the end, if that is okay with you. It is. And, yes, go for it. And at the end is when Scully, Mulder, and the entire town meet the Great Mutato. I don't know what his actual name is. As far as we know, that is his name. That's what it says in the credits, so. Perfect. Great. Uh, Anyway, so the great Matato explains that he just wanted love. He wanted someone like him who could love him because he's hideous and could not be loved. And so he wanted to uh, create something better. And his father was not smart enough. Uh, The man who saved him. So he was created by the evil, the mad scientist, and mm-hmm. then, you know, his dad's, the mad scientist's dad saved him, and so, like, he calls that guy his father. Anyway, his father was too close to the soil, you know? He was too much of a simple man to uh, <laughs> help with science. So uh, he wasn't able to, but they would do these things where they would take over a house and drug these people and rape these women, and he's basically like, I'm sorry about what happened, but... In your home, I saw another world, and I watched TV, and I had this great world, and you got a loving son out of it. And it's like, and so everyone's like, oh, this guy's just a victim. And yeah, sure, I get it. He definitely is a victim, but like, what he systematically did by going around the town and raping these women uh, is horrifying. It's a horrific thing. And the fact that like... At the end, when it's like he's about to go to prison, and this is this is what is interesting, I feel like, about this episode, is that, like, I'm not convinced that it actually ends with them going to a sheer concert so much as 
that is like the story that Mulder wanted. So that's what's in the graphic novel. And therefore that is what we see. I uh, think this episode is not canon. Yeah. It's no, like a for fa- sure. It's like a fantasy. It, it's like the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> like, right. It's not. But, but, yeah. but that makes it like an even more problematic piece because like our fantasy is a dude who goes around and no, rapes women I, and impregnates them. The prosecution's first exhibit is, hey, this guy raped people and then was like, but I mean, you got a son out of it. So, so cool. Okay. Yes, I completely agree. I will say, I think what actually happens is I don't think that Mutata has sex with anybody because he's trying to make a mate. So like, there's no way he is having sex with these women, like genetically. I think what is happening here is I think that the the old farmer is artificially inseminating these women. Okay. But they're not, but they don't ever make it really clear exactly what happens. And I think that that's a huge, yeah. huge problem. I appreciate that, read because that bothers me a little bit less. But like... It does bother me less. But like, why make it so vague? Yeah. Because like, why make it so vague? Like, and 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 shouldn't, shouldn't there be a moment where someone's like, oh, well... Artificially inseminating people is super not cool against, like, with when they're unconscious is, like, not cool. But, like, we thought you were raping people. Like, the fact that they yeah. don't use the word rape even once yeah. in this episode, it is not, it is not uttered. Yeah. yeah. Is crazy because why are Mulner and Scully there? They're there because they're investigating a crime, which is rape. That's why they're there. Like, that is why. Yeah. That is the only reason the FBI would come out to, like, look at yes. this, right? That is the crime. Or, the and then the crime maybe be, it's, like, um, unwilling artificial insemination. Yeah. But, no, I think Machado, like, comes along with and is, like, watching their TV while his dad, like, pumps, a, like, injects a lady with an embryo. But it makes it different. It makes it less horrific to me. Well, and also there's just like a lot that's really weird about that. He's like, he's a simple man. So I'm like, I mean, yeah, he's making he basically like, basically called this guy dumb like 14 times, you know? Yeah. Which is crazy yeah. because you're like, dude, he made like a chicken woman who's like a woman. Like yeah. he's actually very, very good at this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like disturbingly good at this. And also all of these people are like, this is like, uh, <laughs> this is like the uh, island of Dr. Moreau. Like, yes. N- None, all of these people have animal DNA. So how long have you been at this? No, exactly. That was very surprising. I feel ultimately like the plot of this, and I'll get to this more in the uh, defense portion of this, but I think the plot of this is like incredibly wooly and like not solid, (laughs) like not solidly written. But I think that one thing it does definitely is Pa Polidori, the, the dad, dies before justice can be served and mm-hmm. he is the actual criminal of this piece. He is the one who is breaking into people's houses and artificially inseminating them or raping them. They don't make it clear like how that gets done, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, wild. So like that happens and then justice does not get served except for his son goes to we assume pri- science prison for human experimentation crimes. Yeah. Question mark? Yeah. I don't know. And also if murder he's... of his father. Yeah, oh yeah, right. 
Well, if he's on the <laughs> if he's on the slate to become uh, a Nobel Prize winner, they'll probably just like sweep that right under the rug. Yeah. Also, like, how gross is it that you're trying to create? I mean, like, I understand that this is like a Frankenstein story, but like, how gross? So, like, you need the sense of like a partner that's like part of the Frankenstein story, but you yeah. don't need it so bad that it needs to be the whole story. Like, yeah. how gr- it's so gross to use this as a mechanic to, like, get a bride for this person, especially since that person is, like, now, like, 20 years old, we assume, and these people are going to be little tiny babies. I'm sorry, is this Twilight? What is happening? Yeah, yeah. What is happening? No, I agree, because, like, does this person now live forever? Like, is that why it's okay to wait for a fucking baby to grow up? And, yeah, and at the end, like, we get uh, the children born... Apparently he nailed it. He figured out whatever. Nailed it. Because I guess, I think the implication, right, is that Dr. Uh, Polidori, like, like Bugatto is a mesh of some animal and some human that he, like, messed with the DNA, yeah. right? So the dad is, like, taking stabs at it. So, like, he makes, like, Izzy, who's a half pig person, and he makes the reporter, who's a half chicken woman, mm-hmm. and he makes, like, uh, Izzy's friend, whose name is, I believe, Bo- Booger, who is a half horse person. Yeah. And yeah, but I guess he eventually figures out whatever whatever com- special sauce made Magadu because he got the babies that look just like him. Yeah, two of them. Two of them. The thing that is so upsetting to me, even if so, let's say for the sake of argument that these women are not raped in the sense that they are like um se- like sexually assaulted and penetrated by another right. force, and but instead your body they are artificially is, inseminated. Is violated by being. <clears throat> to yeah. carry something yeah. that... To, yeah, to, like, to, yeah, no, yeah. 100%. But, as far as these women know, they were raped. And the extreme chill Ms. Borkowitz and Ms. Palladori have about being drugged and raped is chilling. Yeah. It is so disquieting. Agreed. No, it's very hard, like, at the end of that scene, it's like, okay, and, and, and Matata's like, okay, arrest me. And, like, and Mulder's like, oh, I feel so uncomfortable arresting you. I'm like, um, I think my question would be, no. do you want to press charges against this man? Like, that would, you know, like, yeah. I would, then maybe not, and like, when there's a fucking crowd there, I'd pull each woman aside, and then, yeah, if no one wants to press charges, then you can have, like, a conversation. But, like, are you kidding me? You feel weird about this? I want to know how these women feel. And the show's like, well, they don't care. And they and they cool. set it up from the very beginning. Like Mrs. Bergowitz is just like, "Yep, this happened." It's almost like it's almost like kind of a joke to her. Like she's like, "Yeah." You know, just everything about it and like her her even even to her like the initial so the the story is she writes to um she writes to uh Mulder about how she had her son Izzy, who now is probably like 16, 17 years yeah. old. They can drive. Yeah. Right? And he, uh, and it was this way, like, she was, like, she w- got, was drugged, she woke up, she was pregnant, she reported it to the police, the police were like, well, I don't know, and that's it. And she's just kind of like, yeah, I never just, like, really went anywhere. And you're like, wouldn't this be more upsetting? And then I love how, what, and by love I mean I hate, uh... I'm I'm flabbergasted by her relative bemusement that someone undid her tubal ligation. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, she's like, she thinks that that is funny in this narrative. No one would think that that was no, funny. No, I had my tooth <laughs> so I wouldn't get scenario. pregnant and suddenly I'm pregnant. Like, that's not like, yeah. oh, chill. No. Super chill. Women don't really care if they're pregnant or not. Um, why would abortion be important? Well, Reproductive justice doesn't matter. Unless, you know. Unless they're Mrs. Polidori, who is very excited to be pregnant. Oh, my pregnant. God. That's all she no wanted. One has been, yeah. No one has shown more pure joy at the idea of being drugged and raped than that yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, nothing problematic there. Uh, you know, that's how women really feel in those situations consistently. So, you know. Yeah. Doesn't confuse the like narrative a... at all, Mary. <clears throat> <laughs> sure doesn't. These are these are real feelings that people have. <laughs> but I mean, right, like all of this, all of this is to make the women as cartoony and untraumatized as possible so that we're not that freaked out yep. by what is what is playing yep um and and i'll be real with you it's effective oh it is honestly here here's here's how my brain has dealt with this episode i think typically i block out the end except for share i think i just don't pay attention like i i never like got in the weeds with it it's i only care about it stylistically but we'll get to that in the defense another gross thing uh apart from all the gross things we've talked about before there's like a lot of classist uh, things going on. Like, right, we kind of get the sense it's not and it's it's even like weirder. Like all these people are uneducated and kind of rednecks, I think is what they're trying to tell us. But like everybody has like a really nice house and like beautiful vintage cars. Yeah. Like they're not even like true representations of people who are pushed to the margins of like economic like economics. Yeah, we're not we're not seeing trailers. We're not no. in a broken down town. It's like a quaint cute town that just happens to have people who like are a little bit more bug-eyed and everyone like looks up and and everybody's hoping Jerry Springer will come to town because they just yep. want to be famous. And uh and then when they they find out that Mulder not Mulder, it was actually Scully, but they find out that an FBI agent said it was all hoax. They're all real mad and they openly spit on the food because they're crass and pour shit like coffee on your on your crotch and the people across the way they're gonna laugh about it because that's what dumb rude people well do. after hearing like, oh. after hearing like what they say about these people i'm like he deserved that <laughs> like absolutely he yeah deserved it. yeah oh, i'm glad i love scully but scully says some she really does things about these people there is sort of like yeah. a little helpful thesis statement. I always love when they do that, when they like, when you have like just a character being like, well, here's something. And you're like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted to describe. Thank you. Thank you, Exposition yeah. Sally, for providing me with the quote. Um, <laughs> and what she says is this. Yeah. Isn't it obvious? I think what we're seeing here is an example of a culture for whom daytime talk shows and tabloids headlines have have become a, the reality which they measure their lives. A culture so obsessed with media and the chance for self-dramatization that they'll do anything in order to gain the spotlight. I'm a, And then Smulder says, I'm alarmed that you would reduce these people to a cultural stereotype. Not everyone's dream is to be on Jerry Springer. Um, and then that's absolutely how they treat those people for the rest of it. Like, that is like, we are treated to endless scenes of the townsfolk being desperate to get on Jerry Springer. Oh, another thing that drives me crazy is this is supposed to take place in rural Indiana, but everyone has a southern accent. <laughs> well, that's because you're from the south, so you understand when people are just pulling some bullshit. Try to pull the wool over your eyes and shit. 
Well, it's like, I mean, what they're saying is basically like everyone has a southern accent because this is how poor, uneducated people talk. Exactly. No, we're trying to, we're maligning the South and southern so accents. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm definitely not one of those people that's like, that's like, oh, northern people and blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, now I am a northern person. Like, I get, I get. It's fine. No, 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 of course. But but, but we're like, also not interested in people who you're maligning a bunch of people because of, like, the way that, like, language has evolved in this region. Yeah. Like, fuck off. And they're using Southern accents as shorthand to say hick. And that that sucks. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah. It's not awesome. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stoked on it. it. Well, and especially, especially since all of, don't you think all of this classism is really at, to be like, well, these people are dumb, which is horrifying. Whereas be like, these people are like a little bit dumb. And it's, and that is to kind of make the pill that they're like half animals go down a little easier. Like, yeah. so that we're just like, ha yeah. ha ha. It's fine. It's, it's just- fine. It's fine. It's fine that Izzy is half a pig. That's fine. All right. So now. Yep. The prosecution has laid out its case. Uh, strong a pretty case. Strong, case, strong case, to be fair. Now, the defense. Mm-hmm. What do we like about this episode? I mean, I will just start by saying that the episode is beautifully shot. Holy smokes, is this episode beautiful. Oh, my God. Like, even... All right, so the very beginning, even when something sinister is happening, like, just... It, it, it honestly reminded me of Blue Velvet. Uh, yes. Like having like, you know, this, this puck set down on the cast iron and like this beautiful smoke, like coming out while we're listening to Cher playing like this beautiful music, like this, this dissonance, but also beauty in these shots, you know, like it, it's fascinating and fabulous and getting to play with like the mad scientist is also fun, you know, like they're. There, there are fun things and entertaining pieces to this, but also just like it's very cool looking and cool sounding in a way that's different for the X Files. What yeah. about you, Mary? What do you what do, what do you think? Yeah, it's like a it, it stands out stylistically, and and it's and it feels important in that way. Like you know, a lot of the X Files um, is they they do interesting stuff and they are like they mess around with tone all the time. They don't really mess around with style as much. So it's always a treat. Like, the episodes where they do things that are interesting stylistically uh, stand out. And I think this is one of the best ones that they do anything with because it's the most extreme. And I think that they really pull it off where, it, like, everything everything is looks so dramatic and beautiful and, like, is sort of, like, dreamily shot in this world. It definitely has, like, a David Lynchian, like, um, something's rotten in paradise kind of yes. feel about it. And yeah. It's not it's not just that they like kind of made a set like a regular X-Files set and then shot it with black and white film. Like it's clear that they've made really conscious choices with how everything's laid out. And there are all kinds of like weird little stylistic jokes. Like I love when Scully comes out of the Berkowitz's house and they're like they're basically being like, well, I mean, how many like who's who is so interested in impregnating all of these people. And then she just casually notices that she's standing between two men who look exactly alike, raking their leaves exactly the same way. And she kind of is like, boo, and like walks forward. Yeah. Right. And like, I think yeah. the implication there is like, they have the same dad, like they have the same, there is a genetic bond there, even though yeah. they are separate people. And that's like yeah. a cool, that's like a cool thing to pair in this universe. I don't, 
I don't necessarily fault trying to tackle um, a topic like this, which is which is um, taboo and scary and upsetting and putting it in like a stylistic place like this because it's so beautiful. Like that that's like very David Lynchian. That's that's a stylistic choice that is strong. I actually really love the scene where um, I love the scenes when the houses get tented and they're full of smoke because it's like a weird it's a weird it's very blue velvet it's a weird mixture of being very beautiful and very scary mm-hmm. all at once yeah, agreed and so if they had had the follow-through and made it and made this and like kind of like went with where i think the story should have gone stylistically it's all laid out for them so i'm like i, I like i like appreciate what you're trying to do here i also love the x-files taking a swing at, at a love letter to b movies like i think that that's what this is like the whole mad science and like yes the kind of humorous like thunder clapping i don't mind that i like that in this it seems like a solid play for the x-files which is calling back to like kind of paranoia the 90s paranoia reflecting yeah. the paranoia from the mid-century like it makes it makes a lot of sense yeah, um, agreed. I I do think, and and I do think like I wonder if this went through a lot of weird rewrites because there's some comments that are made about alien abductions, and I'm like, oh, that's like a perfect story for rape. Like that is what that's like what people talk about with alien abductions, right? Like you Absolutely. get probed, right? So why is this not a story? Like this makes so much sense as a story to be about flying saucers, and yet it's not. Um, so, you know, like, I feel like there are all these, like, good hooks that are there that just don't fully get sewn up in a neat little package. What's fun about this episode for me is that I love Fox Mulder. God help me, I do. In fact, I was thinking about it for a lesbian. I probably talk enough about uh, my childhood crushes on male stars, and Mulder was definitely one of them. Uh, but sometimes he's just so willing to believe uh anything and everything instead of like the logical answer and this episode offers up multiple opportunities for uh Mulder to be like no 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 I believe that there's a monster instead of the reasonable explanation and over and over again we have opportunities to kind of tease him about it even though in the end he is correct but he always is, is he always is but it was really fun to have so many moments where he's like I mean, why couldn't it be someone else invading instead of a hoax? And Scully's like, I've, like all signs point to hoax, which I agree. You know, I do. Our girl Scully yeah. out there just being logical. Although I'm also like, Scully, believe victims. What the? Oh, I mean, hell? Yeah, no, of of course. I, you know, this. <laughs> but this is the defense section, and my girl Scully uh, somehow survived the heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 I blast her a little bit. Um, I love her disdain at the So what I really love about this is it really shows you how if you like were at, say, say like a friend's party and mm-hmm. suddenly you started talking to Fox, you'd be like, oh, you're a full on crazy person. Like, you know, like, no, no. oh, you're you're like nuts and flakes. Like, that is what you are right now. And yeah. You get a little taste of it when um, Scully is reading uh, Ms. Berkowitz's letter on the way to the town. 
And she's like, and she's like, finds out that uh, Mulder has been visiting um, people who've been appearing on Jerry Springer with her werewolf baby. And you just like the look and and, like the pure disdain she has for him creeping (laughs) around and doing that is so good. And is like, is like how you would feel internally if you met someone and they were like, oh, yeah, this is like what I've been doing. Like, yeah. she's just like, she's just like, you creep. I love it. <laughs> well, and also, I, I I feel like I need to. What you were saying really reminded me of this moment in time where in uh, Megan Winnie, who is uh, guest starred on our podcast before and Chell again, uh, works in a psych ED ward and had a woman come in because her her dentist told her that she needed to go see the doctor. And when she explained why, it was because, well, every night her teeth melt and fall into the back of her throat. And then when she wakes up in the morning, they harden. And then she can't, like, even open up her mouth because, like, they've come back into her mouth. And the, the resident working with her was like, all right, tell me more about, like, you know, like, what happens, like, in the back of your... Like, started asking, like, medical questions about how the teeth were melting. And, and Megan was just, like, lays, nope. like, lays, like, a condescending hand on them and is like, okay, we're going to get you checked in. Yeah. yeah, right? Which, like, again, Fox isn't wrong. The X-Files really loves to believe that, like, if we all just write these people off, that means we're writing off some really wacky things that happen. But, like, also... Your teeth probably aren't melting and going down the back of your throat and then somehow reforming into, like, harder calcitrated pieces that make it hard to chew. Like, you know, that's that seems pretty, like, unlikely, you know. I, yeah. I get it. Well, and I think that the X-Files uh, generally accepts at face value why the truth is so important to Mulder because he has, he has skin in the game, right? Like, he has yeah. a sister and he chases it. And occasionally Scully is like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I have to know. And it kind of leaves it at that. Like, there's not, I don't, I don't feel like there is a, a full psychological probe of his motivations um, to the extent that I think it could. But I think that there is like a little bit of, um, a little bit of a hint of it here, which I enjoyed. Um, and it comes right actually after uh, Scully is, really like has just delivered that diatribe that classes diatribe um but she delivers uh about like lower classes and seeking fame um but then she delivers this like beautiful little nugget which i was like oh she's talking about you dude she says yeah. uh psychologists often speak of the denial of the unthinkable evil or a misplaced or sh- of sh- or the misplacement of shared fears anxieties taking the form of hideous monsters for whom the most horrific human attributes can be ascribed what what we can't possibly imagine ourselves capable of we can blame on the ogre on the hunchback on the lowly half-breed but common sense alone will tell you these legends these unverified rumors are ridiculous and then Mulder says but nevertheless unverified and therefore true in the sense that they are believed to be true so I like this. I like this area. This this particular exchange between them because I think it has kind of two interesting takes. Mm-hmm. I think that Scully. Um, I think that Scully is talking about Fox in this moment. I, I think, agree. Yeah. I think that she's she's kind of hinting that you have that veiling your traumas with fantasy um, that excuse the actual villains by by creating ghosts and aliens and monsters to chase. Um, is a interesting read on Mulder's endless uh, pursuit of, quote-unquote, the truth. The truth, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I don't really think that they take him to task very often about that or suggest that I, it's almost never suggested that even though every episode begins with Walter being like, there is some crazy stuff happening out there. And so he's like, I don't believe you. Like, you don't really get a sense that she might think that he is like true, has like a true mental disorder. Right. But it makes sense that she would. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. 100%. He does seem to exhibit the behaviors of someone with a true mental disorder. Yeah. On the other side of also, that... Also, that, that just does make sense, like, intuitively, you know? But yeah, on the other side? On the other side of that, I do kind of like, even though I feel like this is, like, a total botch job on, like, a kind of a rape narrative, it does recast so like you can like you can kind of get caught up in like especially the show in general the wackiness of like the like back and forth and it's always the same like she doesn't believe and he believes and what but like there is sort of there's there's some poignancy in the fact that uh Mulder stands as a person who believes victims even when the establishment pressures us to discredit them in favor of the status quo like he like he might be out there and he's not he's not like fully like treating this as if it is a rape case but at least he came out and was like yeah what you experienced is probably a crime we're gonna investigate it um whereas scully is basically like goofing on the whole thing the whole time which is not cool which is a real tough look for scully and it's it's kind of weird because it's just like her shtick like her like like they both have their shticks right yeah, he's really willing to believe absurd bullshit, and yeah. she is, like, th- it's like that The episode I will one day make us, and by make us, I mean beg for us to do, wherein uh, they both tell a, a, the same story of the same day. Um, oh, I and, love that vampire episode. We can yeah, but there they, like, acknowledge the stick because it's, like, Scully refusing to believe anything Mulder says and just rolling her eyes and just not even listening and then there's like my Mulder's basically like no anything logical that couldn't possibly be what it was yeah it like it it it, it lampoons their their shtick uh in a way that's pretty fun there is a moment where i remember distinctly seeing this for the first time and there was a mo like and not knowing what was going to happen and when Cher appeared i like squealed with joy yeah. This this ending is like is just so weird and so funny and strange and just like all the townspeople like swaying in the background and then Mugato just like dancing his heart out and Cher singing. I mean, it's 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 unbridled joy. It's very cute and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I of course love that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and I like how they weave her music throughout the entire narrative. I think that that helps with the sort of dreamy set pieces where you have um, music that does not belong in that setting and the juxtaposition of the two together create like sort of a surreal package. Yeah. That is just so, so pleasing. Yeah. Aesthetically and also just entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I it's, very it's much love all the share that they play, you know? Yes. From yes, start to finish. Job. It is it is très magnifique. Uh, yes. my she was supposed point. to be in this episode. Uh, yeah, I, I did know that. Uh, Crazy. And she had to, like, back out because of filming scheduling or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they had to do, like, an impersonator and just not show her face. 
They do. I think they do a fine job with I it. I think they I do, mean, too. I, I mean, at first yeah. I'm always like, oh, sure. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. But I yes. can, you can't tell. They film it well, you know? Yeah. I do also, I think that um, it's more than just stylistic. I think the choice to include, to first of all, I like any time we remind the public that Cher is a good actor. Yeah, I, agreed. Like, well, I and that's... like we basically plug one of Cher's movies for like a significant part of this sh- well, episode. Right. And actually, it's like pretty important because one could argue it's it's not it's not what we're doing here today. But one could argue that this is mostly a um, a episode about discrimination. And mm-hmm. that is absolutely what Mask is about, is about discrimination yes. and, like, and dreams. So it's important that it's there. Like, it's not just, it's not just, like, I think at face value, you could say, like, oh, it's because it's about another person who um, faces public, sc- like, it's about another person who has, um, like, Facial a... D- abnormalities yeah abnormality that's the word mm-hmm. yeah and like and share is in it and we've played all this share music so it makes sense but like the whole point of that that movie is that share is like a deeply flawed individual and like a person you wouldn't expect would be um someone who's such would a be loving a, mother right she's like a drug addict she's in a biker gang like that's her character and then but she has this this child who basically society wants to like write off and hide and she's like no he's smart he's going to go to school he's going to like you know like achieve just as much of his dreams as anybody else has any right to and like that's like her whole deal and so yeah. i think i think the inclusion of it is 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 a solid choice I would say that uh, that element is incredibly strong. Uh, but this next section is about uh, could or should it be fixed, correct? Yes. So, like, what is our pitch as, as you know, as the as the judge and jury? Like, what if if we agree that there are problems with it, what could make it better? I yeah. think... What, what are the terms of its parole? Yeah, I think, I, I think highlighting more the discrimination... Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, leaning into that more would have led to a stronger uh, episode that wouldn't necessarily have had to have been... Because, like, it could have been that uh, the doctor was just responsible for uh, genetically modifying people, you know? Like, it didn't have to be, like, so much like a Bride of Frankenstein sort of uh, seeking story. It could have been about, like perception in the way in which like we we build monsters uh out of people who are just humans even if they were the product of scientific experimentation like that's mm-hmm. not his fault and he has sentience and it's human and loves share you know like and that and 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 in so many ways it seems like the episode tries to do that like we start off with like jerry springer and with the wolf child you know like it's like it's the pieces are there but it like isn't it isn't the central message or tenant. Does that make sense? Would you agree with that? Well, they yeah, they mu- they muddy it all they up, muddy by, it up like by introducing about rape, but introducing a rape subplot which they don't also fully commit to. Like they just need to choose. So I agree. I I got way in the weeds of this. I have like a full on pitch for how you'd fix this. Yeah, pitch me a new episode okay. of the X Files. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So I think, and it it has some changes, but structurally it is exactly the same. So make. So remove, remove, like, kind of make the the um, make the central story about responsible experimentation 
and um, uh, discrimination and acceptance, which actually is closer to the Frankenstein source material, which this is what this is calling from, right? Mm-hmm. So make, keep it in the same idyllic town. Keep it in this with the same plot line. I even I even kept I even kept the rape in there because I felt like just to remove it entirely, I feel like would be um, would be like too much of a deviation. Then we're writing an entire episode. But let's yeah. make Dr. Polidori the one who breaks into houses and let's make it really clear what he does to those women. And it might be and it might be rape, it might just be in artificial insemination, but we have to make it really clear what he does. Yep. And the end product is that he's impregnating um, women against their will with animal-human hybrids. And I think you could even have, like, a bait-and-switch where you make it seem like it might be Megatu. And he's with, like, the tenting and the drugging. But it's actually just that he um, that he can't, can't, like, experience the world the way he wants to. So yeah. he knocks people out and then, like, watches their TV, eats their peanut butter, reads their books. Which is also not okay, but he's not hurting them. Yeah, but that's them. breaking and entering, not Yeah, he's like... doing a little B and E. He's not, yeah. he's not like, assaulting people. Yeah, I would love that. Because yeah. then we also get to, like, you know, like, he gets to have that monologue about, like, the world he discovered, you know, in, in, in your homes, you know? Exactly. And it would be less uh, horrifying. Hey, yeah. look at you! I know. Oh, I got so much. I got, I yeah, got more. Yeah, keep, keep going. Keep so going. So I also think to sell the discrimination element... I think that there would be an amazing to have just a subtle background thread that just like unfolds slowly throughout. Like initially you just kind of see like kind of maybe things playing out in the background, but then eventually come to the foreground that something else that's going on in this town um, is that there is like a general intolerance on the members towards uh, a gay couple who have bought a building on their fading main street with the hopes of opening a bar and like, they're just like they're like discriminating against these people and they're like we don't really want them they're not really our kind of people that kind of thing okay back to the main plot monster Magato is spotted the townsfolk are like he must be the rapist and uh Mulder and scully have to prove he's innocent before they hunt him down with torches and pitchforks they are successfully able to do that they prove not only that dr Pelladori is carrying out experimentation on their townsfolk, but he's doing so with government funding to perfect the ultimate animal-human hybrid for various shading ta- shady tasks, parenthetical warfare, labor, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that essential horse and that not, people, anyway. horse people, and that actually he is just one of many people for many generations that are doing this, and actually the entire town, like each member of this town, is basically part animal. So everybody is truly the island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah. The townsfolk turn their torches and pitchforks on the government goons. Everyone gets chased out of town, murdered. I don't care. And they embrace Megato as one of them because, after all, he is. They all the recent, this is important, all the recently raped women should now take plan B. They realize (laughs) and be accepted for that choice. They then realize that intolerance is born out of fear and feel general shame about how they behave towards this gay couple. Beautiful montage of townsfolk pitching in to help them rehab their bar. And they all celebrate by coming to opening night where they attend a fantastic drag show where a share queen who is part peacock performs If I Could Turn Back Time. Scene. I, I. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I, you. No, I love it. I, I really do. I can't do a one moment slow clap on a podcast. <laughs> it's kind of hard, but. <laughs> I thought it was great. Well, and it's like, of course, there's like a lot of deviation, but I was like, I couldn't, 
like the share element is actually just so like weird. I was like, we have to get a drag queen in here. Like we yeah. have to. Absolutely. That is how you make this happen. Absolutely, because then it becomes, like, again, discrimination, intolerance, you know, like, uh, open up your heart to people being more like you, and that would be a great way to deal with that. And I think it could, like, occupy a similar space where, like, what they're saying is not, this is literally, like, in this, in the X-Files universe, there's literally a town that is full of animal people. But, like, it could occupy the same sort of, like, non-canonical space. Like, I don't, I don't really have a problem with it doing that so that they can make it, like, fun and weird and out yeah. there. Yeah. But I do think that they need to, like, pick up some threads of, like, shady government stuff. Like, that's kind of missing in this. Like, you don't, we don't really have any sort of... The biggest problem with this is we don't really have motivation for any character... And yeah. so they just kind of are like, it seems like it's like splatter painting. They're just like, well, uh, like it's kind of about reproduction and creation. So because like Frankenstein, so I guess rape. But like, what a weird thing to be like, I guess this is how it's going to happen. This yeah. is how we're going to make this sausage. Like, it's insane. Yeah, what I a agree. weird choice. So we've now come to the portion of our program where we must decide is how bad is this problematic fave? Do we do we think it's a problematic fave? We do. We can automatically yes. say that we do. Yes. Yes. Or at least it is. Is it, it is. okay? How, if it is going to stay a pro, will it stay a problematic fave? Or should it be, should it be executed and banished um, for, for the view, from the viewing public for their own protection and, um, and sanity for the rest of their lives? Should it be hashtag canceled? Should it be hashtag canceled? doesn't need to be hashtag canceled uh you know i'll i'll leave my cards on the table before you do and that i do not believe it has to be hashtag canceled uh i think that there's enough aesthetic value and merit and uh some weird 90s fun captured in this to uh to make it uh, redeemable, do I wish I could rehab and uh, parole it with uh, your proposal? 1,000%. I would love yeah. to. Then it could be just a fave, not a problematic fave. You know, that would be great. But as it so stands, I will let it live and let live. Mary, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree. So this is not, there are a lot of X-Files about rape. Um and this is also not only the only episode about rape that is has a light tone to it, which is weird, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even asks you to pity the rapist. Like, this is a story that they play out a couple of times. So I do think that there is some sort of weird baggage with this show and this particular treatment of this particular topic. And if this episode had any sort of substance to it at all, I would think we would have to cancel it because it is it is morally repugnant to have to have this story out there. But I'm not really sure that this story even has a moral beyond just sort of a general like be good to each other. Like what is this episode trying to say? I don't really yeah. know. Uh, the plot is so thin and doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't really commit one way or the other to. No, I mean, like, like what the plot line when you describe it, it's 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 garbage. Like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. So I don't even think it's like I don't even think it's necessarily saying anything at all. Um, which which you could argue makes it just a bad piece of art in general. 
but I do think kind of removes some of the teeth of of what I would what I would want if I was what I would require to say that it needs to be canceled. Like I don't think it's trying to say anything at all really beyond something stylistic, and what it does stylistically is very good. It's a surreal mood piece is how I think about it. But let's like let's ideal for problematic fave, right? Its name yeah. is not cleared, nor is it canceled. We can have with a label like this, we can have frank discussions about how um, how things like this minimize the seriousness of rape, um, and is a like the best the best example of I think why we need women in the writers' room. Yeah, um, I don't think a woman if a woman wrote this, I or had a, any hand in writing this, I would fall to the floor. Like that just seems insane to me. Yeah, no, I think that this definitely could have benefited from uh, uh, an equal gendered uh, writer's term. Cool. All right, so not canceled, remains a, a sentencing, gaff, uh, novelty yeah, gavel, 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 X X Files, postmodern Prometheus, you are sentenced to remaining a problematic fave. Um, and we strongly recommend some per- parole procedure mm-hmm. <laughs> proceedings. Some yes. some rehabilitation. Some, uh, yes. you know, take some college classes, some night college, you know, like, live your best Expand life. Expand your mind. Well, what are we doing next, Mary? We've got your pick for problematic fame. <laughs> and it's just in time for Thanksgiving. You know, when we Hell all gather to together the... yeah. with the problematic faves in our families. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I think like Thanksgiving is like the one time we did something okay. Yeah. The one time. Yep. Kind of. We yep. kind of did something okay. We, you know, it yeah. depends on who you ask. Anyway. Well, we were starving and they fed us. That was nice of them. <laughs> yeah. The one time we did something right. We were okay house guests. <laughs> yeah. We, we brought a bottle of wine. We did not bring flowers, not in a vase. That was good of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> But we're going to be uh, discussing uh, the Buffy, the Vampire Slayer episode from season four, where they celebrate Thanksgiving. It's a holiday episode called Pangs. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, tune in next time to hear about why that episode has a lot of problems, but also <laughs> a lot of fun. It's great. All right. Another uh, another episode about a really serious topic with a really light, a light tone. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to Space Brass. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the platform of your choice to rate and review us. Subscribe. Uh, you know, five stars. Whatever. Five stars mm-hmm. out in the stars among you all. Be sure Let's to visit... Let's save you some time. Five stars. Five stars. Just look. Just we just did it. all the work. Yeah. <laughs> Be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash space dash bras to see our show notes and find out other excellent podcasts, you know, catch up with what Mary and I are doing. And now join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of space bras. In these troubled times, we must remember that even though everyone might suck, we are awesome. And the galaxy is ours. Cheers. An Outrageous Mechanisms production.